Hi ladies, welcome back. This week we're in Parsha Shlach. We're in Sefer Bamidbar, Prokim Yod Yimel through Test Love. That's the book of Numbers, chapters 13 through 15. So while every Parsha is important, this is an important Parsha because it's where we see one of the major averas of Kal Yisrael. We see the sin for which the punishment was an inability of the Dor Hamidbar, the generation that was in the desert, to enter the land of Israel. So Hashem commands Moshe in the beginning of the Parsha to send spies to scope out the land of Israel. This is actually a bit confusing because we see this story recounted in Sefer Devarim and it seems like Moshe went to Hashem and, and asked to send the spies out. So from those two accounts, it's not entirely clear whether Moshe requested to send the Maraglim or Hashem commanded him to. So that is for another shear, but I just wanted to make you aware of that sort of question that we have. From this part, it seems that um, Hashem instructs them to bring back a report of the land. And the instructions for the Maraglim can really be summed up by two Pesukim. In Pasuk Yodches, says or isam arts mahiv asaam says spy out the land and see what it is and what the people are that live there are the people who dwell in it strong or are they weak or are they few or are they many pasak khaf continues with the instructions it says umaha arts hashmenahi imraza hayesh ba eats im ain hahis khazak tem ulakhtem repria arts it says what is the land is it fertile or is it infertile are there trees there or are there not? Strengthen yourselves and take from the fruit of the land. So the spies leave. They scout out the land for 40 days and they come back with a concerning report. They say that the land is extremely plentiful and fertile. And just as they were instructed to, they bring back fruits to prove this. There's there's some Adrashim that say that they brought back bunches of grapes that weighed you know, today somewhere around a metric ton. So it gives you an idea of exactly how massive the produce of the land was and how fertile it was. But they used that as proof to say the people who dwell in the land are strong and their cities are so fortified that they're probably unconquerable. And this is sort of the a conclusion of all of the spies that went out, except for two of them. Kalev and Yoshua are the names of the two Maraglim that descend from the rest. They argue that the land is very beautiful, that Am Yisrael has nothing to worry about, Hashem is going to help them in battle. Um, and this is actually, this, this argument that they make is this chus for which they get to enter the land of Israel. Like I mentioned before, um, almost the entire generation that was in the Midbar, including Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Cohen did not get to enter the land of Israel, but Kalev and Yeshua do because they dissented from the negative report of the rest of the Meraglim and they argued on behalf of the land of Israel. So when the people, when Bnei Israel hear this report, they complain. They hear it and they say, we wish we could go back to Egypt. Pasuk base of Perak Yodalad, it says, They literally say, if only we had died in Egypt, or if only we'll die in the desert rather than go into the land. Um, then when Kalev and Yoshua descend from the rest of the Maraglim, the people rise up to stone them. They don't want to hear anything positive about the land of Israel. And at this point, Hashem intervenes in Pasuk Yod. It says, 
Vayomru kolei dalir gomo sam bavanim uchvod Hashem near Ab Ohelmoid al Kolbene Israel. It says, and the whole nation threatened to stone them, Kalavin Yoshua, with stones. The Kavod of Hashem appeared on the tent of meeting to the whole nation. So we see that like a cloud starts to form over the Ohelmoid. People know that Hashem is coming down to intervene and mete out punishment for what's going on. So Hashem says, that for this Avera, he's going to execute the entire nation on the spot. And Moshe, in, in the way that he does, he pleads with Hashem on behalf of the people. He argues that, no, they have merits. Please, you know, don't do this. Don't, don't end everybody right now. And Hashem agrees to let the people live, but not every male over the, over the age of 20. He says that this demographic, they will die off slowly over the next years and they will not enter Eretz Yisrael. Hashem explains this punishment to the people, and then in the end of the Parsha, there are some other sort of seemingly unrelated things. They are actually related, but I'm not going to get into that right now for the sake of learning the half Torah. At the end of the Parsha, we see the mitzvah of Chala. We get a story of a man who is who went outside of the camp on Shabbos and gathered wood, which is a violation of Shabbos and how he's dealt with. And we also get the mitzvah of tzitzis. So that's a very short rundown of the Parsha. Our half Torah this week is the second parak of Yehoshua. Um, I usually always give historical context, but here there's not as much context that needs to be set up because chronologically the half Torah this week takes place pretty shortly after the end of the Chumash. So remember the book of Yehoshua is commencing immediately after Moshe Rabbeinu's death at the end of the Chumash. And we see that at this point, the Bnei Yisrael are on the eastern bank of the Jordan River or the Yardin. And the new leader of the nation who succeeded Moshe Rabbeinu is Yoshua bin Nun. And we see at this point, it's time for the Bnei Yisrael to enter the land of Israel. It's time for them to conquer their first city. So Yoshua he sends spies into the city of Yericho, which I'm going to send a map out, is, is um, pretty, pretty close to, to the Jordan River. It would make sense that if they're coming into the land, this, this would be the first place that they encounter. So Yoshua sends spies into that city ahead of time in order to scout it out and strategize how best to conquer it. And this is where the Haftorah opens. So story of this week's Haftorah, you guys are probably already familiar with it. It's the story of... Rachav the Zona. In the first Pasuk, Yoshua, he sends the spies out to Yericho, and they wound up at the house of a certain Zona named Rachav. There's opinions that these spies were Kalev and Pinchas, which if you're familiar with Sefer Bamidbar, you'll know those names. Um, Rashi and the Gemara disagree actually about what this word Zona means when it's used to refer to Rachav. Um, Rashi quotes Targum Yonasan, which was a translation of the Chumash into Aramaic. And Rashi uses that translation to argue that Zona here means just an innkeeper, someone who would sell drinks and sell food to people who are traveling. The Gemara says that she was actually a prostitute, but not the kind that just was a prostitute for the sake of doing that. She was somebody who had sort of fallen on hard times and needed to make a living. So not somebody who wants to be doing this um, from as sort of their first choice. So I just wanted to bring those in to show that there's different opinions about what the word Zona means in this parak. 
The next Pasuk, the king of Yericho finds out that the spies have entered the city and he sends to Rahab's house looking for them. And Rahab's response is, well, yes, the spies were here, but I don't know where they went. Maybe you should run after them and you could still catch them because they weren't here so long ago. Meanwhile, Rahab had hidden the spies on top of her roof and, and sheltered them from being found and presumably brutally killed by this king of Yericho. So we see here that Rahab successfully, she sends the king's men and his his sort of police officers, if you will, on a wild goose chase. They, they go outside of the city, they're looking all over for these men, and the gates close behind them for the night, and, you know, it seems like, seems like everybody's safe for now. Rahab then tells the spies why she hid them. She says, I acknowledge the power of God. I see what's about to happen. I know that you're about to conquer this city. And you Jews, you have a special relationship with Hashem. And Pasuk Yod Beis, Rachav requests that in return for her kindness to the spies, that they spare her and her family from being killed in the conquering of Yericho. The plan for conquering Yericho is to completely burn it, level it, no survivors, to completely destroy the city. Rachav sees that, she knows it, and she says, please for what I did for you, spare me and spare my family. The spies agree to that, and they make a plan with Rachab. They say, um, she suggests, um, go outside of the city for three days until the king's men come back. And then, via a red sort of rope that Rachab would hang outside of her window, she would arrange to sort of have her family lowered down via that rope while the invasion is going on, and save them from what would happen to the rest of the city. Rachab also swears silence, and then the three, the three part, the, the Maraglim go back into the hills to wait for the invasion to take place, and that is sort of where our Haftorah leads off. I would like to say, sort of to follow up with Rachab, that there's um, the Gemara and Megillah, Daf Yud Dalid, says that she went on to convert to Judaism after this all comes down, to convert formally, and from this act that she did, she merited to marry Yehoshua, the leader of the generation, which is clearly a very big chus. So um, that's where Haftorah ends. And to talk about sort of what this could mean for us, I'd like to zoom in on a few psukim. That's psukim test through Yod Aleph, so 9 through 11. So as we mentioned, um, when Rachav is hiding the spies after the king's men leave, she acknowledges that the Jews have this special relationship with Hashem. And in these Pasukim, she makes this very beautiful testament to Hashem's sort of grandeur and his abilities and what he does. And so to get a closer look at that, I'm just going to read and translate the Pasukim now so that you guys know exactly what they say. Um, Pasuk Tess, it says, V'tomer el ha'anashim, yadati ki Hashem l'chem She said to the men, to the spies, I know that Hashem has given this country to you. V'china fla emaschem aleinu, because the dread of you has fallen upon us and all the inhabitants of the land are, are trembling before you. Pasak Yud, it says, Ki shamanu es asher She said, we've heard that God dried up the waters of, of the Red Sea for you when you left Egypt. And that you did to Sichon and Og, the two Amorite kings across the Jordan, whom you doomed. So she says she sees 
how you've been moving through this land, these miracles that are accompanying you, and we know that something is different. Pasuk Yod Aleph, she says, When we heard about it, we lost heart, and no one had any more spirit left. For the eternal, your God, is the only God in heaven above and on the earth below. So that's Rachav's testament to what the people of Yericho, deep down, know is about to happen. From these three psukim, we see that Rachav is a foil for the Maraglim in this week's Parsha. She took her observation of the situation and saw it through the lens that the Maraglim in Shlach should have. She sees a situation not with this sort of toxic optimism that's not backed up by anything, but she sees the trends that have happened. She sees how Hashem has helped the Jews, and she knows that that trend is going to continue, only going to continue. The Maraglim and Shlach didn't do that. Even though Hashem had helped them and helped them and helped them, things that they saw with their very own eyes, they didn't believe that the trend would continue. And that's what Rachav does. Through these psukim, Hashem is kind of telling us how not to make the same mistakes that the Maraglim in the Parsha make. He says, see what's before you and use it as proof that I'm going to help you, as proof of my abilities, and don't find all these reasons to convince yourself that it can't be done. Of course, this is very much so more easily said than done, but the point over here is, if a Kanani Zona who didn't see all of the miracles that you, that your forefathers saw, if she can understand my power and my willingness to do what seems impossible, surely you, surely the Jews who have seen it all, should also have that same, that same understanding of what I can do. So that's the Haftar for this week. I hope you ladies enjoyed. As always, questions, comments, um, if you want to talk more about it, I'm here. Feel free to message me. And I wish you all a beautiful Shabbos. I'll see you next week.